the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. While the world is in lockdown, shipping carries on to sustain the vital channels for our economy and to keep the supply chains open. But with thousands of seafarers now effectively stranded, either on board ships unable to get off or on shore unable to start contracts and suffering financially as a consequence, the restrictions being imposed on crew are starting to raise serious concerns. There are normally about 100,000 changeovers of seafarers a month around the world, But with shipping companies continuing to postpone crew exchange and extend employment contracts as realistically the only way of overcoming the travel and quarantine restrictions being imposed, the industry has a ticking time bomb on its hands. Make no mistake, fatigue among seafarers will inevitably result in more accidents at sea. This is a safety issue and it is a mental health issue. While the industry is now united in its repeated calls on governments to address the crew change crisis and allow seafarers special status that would facilitate controlled crew changeovers, political priorities are elsewhere right now. Some countries are beginning to respond to industry calls, and this issue is at last reaching the top of the intray for governments struggling to triage some of the most urgent aspects of the COVID crisis on a daily basis. But an urgent coordinated action is now required for shipping. We've been speaking to most of the major ship managers this week, full details of which will follow on Lloyd's list after the Easter break. But as Graham Westgarth, chief executive of V Group, explained to us, the focus on crew is now the number one priority across the industry. The mental health and well-being of the seafarers is a concern that we have right now, and, and you know, and, and we need to be, you know, as an industry understanding it and and, uh, and supporting our seafarers in whatever way we can but it, it, it you know it's not a tenable situation uh, you know if this goes on for another month or two months that then I, I do fear that for the potential consequences related to the safety of individuals and ships. We will be Focusing more on the response to the crisis from the ship managers in coming editions, much of which is very positive. But this week, we wanted to focus squarely on the issues surrounding crew mental health. To that end, we have drafted in several experts for their views. Professor Helen Sampson, who led a recent study into mental health issues at sea, sets out the known issues around crew mental health. But first, we start this week with a panel of experts talking us through the issues that should be at the top of the entire industry's agenda right now. With thousands of seafarers currently stuck on ships and unable to return home, uncertain of what lies ahead and worried about what's going on back home, the mental and physical health of seafarers is now an urgent issue with no easy answers. Joining me to discuss the issues being faced by crew and how companies can help support seafarers operating in increasingly uncertain circumstances, I have a team of experts with me this week. Liz Bohr is the lead medical consultant at Red Square Medical, which provides medical assistance to maritime businesses. Caitlin Vaughan is a project manager dealing with seafarer mental health issues at the International Seafarers Welfare and Assistance Network, ISWAN. And Sandra Welsh is the chief operating officer of the Sailors Society. Liz. 
can we start with you and, and, and get the medical view? We're obviously now in a situation that is a little bit fluid, but I think the reality is we are going to be facing a significantly extended period where seafarers are going to be on board ships, facing uncertainty, uh, concerned about what is going on at home. This is really going to exacerbate the existing problems, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things that we know is that prolonged stress is bad for your physical health. So not only have we got the issues surrounding their, their mental well-being, we've now got issues that can exacerbate physical problems as well. So what we're really looking for is um, ways to help them and support them maintain a healthy um, balance of, of managing their, their time effectively, um, getting access to the right information and also recognising their own stress triggers and their own stress reactions so that they can nip it in the bud, essentially. Are you, are you getting an increase in terms of people coming and, and asking for advice and, and how to deal with some of these issues? Very much so. And actually, the biggest one that's coming through at the moment is handling a crew changeover. They're saying, can we do a crew changeover? Um, are there test kits that will reduce isolation? So there's a lot of questions around that because um, the majority of ships have coped for the first short period of time uh, where this, this lockdown is affecting us all. But now they're starting to look to the future and saying, if we can't do crew changeovers, what about getting hold of test kits? Can that reduce it? So there's a lot of misinformation out there at the moment around the test kits. Uh, so I'm, I'm spending a lot of time answering those sorts of questions. And certainly speaking to the ship managers, they seem to be struggling to get accurate information. Shipping is, you know, operating in a context here of, you know, extreme situations. And obviously the, the requirement for information is paramount from the mm. ship managers, the ship owners, and, and obviously the, from the crew's side, having mm. access to reliable information is absolutely essential. And I think certainly from um, IceOne's point of view, I'm guessing you are getting a, a significant spike in terms of uh, people asking for, for clarity, I guess. Yeah, um, our, our 24-hour helpline, Seafarer Help, we're, we're getting um, a much larger volume of calls than usual and most of those um, relating to issues surrounding coronavirus. And that's spanning a lot of things, concerns about repatriation and getting home, you know, obviously because of the crew change issue, but also concerns about um, payment and how it will affect payment if there are um, delays in transit, that sort of thing. Um, and a lot of general concerns about the situation back home um, when seafarers are stuck on board or if, if they're not going to be able to get home for a much longer period than, ex than expected. It's um, worrying about the health of their families and also, again, the payment issue, you know, how, how that may affect uh, their family back home that rely on them. Um, we're seeing a lot of these anxieties and, and just general anxieties and worries around the uncertainty of it all um, seem to make up a lot of our, our calls at the moment. Mm. Do you think, because I mean, the industry has come in for a bit of criticism uh, in the past in terms of uh, addressing mental health issues within crew, do you think this is now something where the industry has sufficient tools at its disposal, has the right information, is is, is taking this seriously? Um, I think the uh, I've been quite encouraged, actually, the, the number of um, shipping companies and, and the industry in general and how mental health has been high on the agenda through from the beginning of this. I think a lot of um, it was, you know, it was already a topic that was becoming more and more talked about. And I think as soon as um, 
we were hit with these these issues we a lot of ship owners have come to us and asked for help and guidance and been very concerned about the effect that um longer periods on board are going to affect um crews how they're interacting with each other and and their you know prolonged time away from home you know even longer than usual um i think that there's definitely big gaps that would have been it would have been great if we could have been more prepared for this but that's you know true of every one probably um and i think there's a lot more work that needs to be done around shipping companies and having robust mental health policies and good strategies for dealing with these sorts of situations but in the everyday stresses and strains of being working away from home and having long periods away from home working in confined spaces um there are so many issues there and mental health should be top of the agenda for all employers i i think that now's a really great time to recognize this and, and look at what can be done in terms of looking at how companies can improve their own um, systems and procedures on board and ensuring that there's a, a really good understanding of how to manage your own mental health but how to help um colleagues and and what to do in in real emergency situations so in terms of the uh, sailor society Obviously, you're at the front line in terms of understanding what is going on uh, with with the crew aboard. What's the feedback you've been getting? So, um, you know, these are really challenging times for us all, but um, challenging times even more so for seafarers in, in many, many respects. Um, the issues that they face are these extended contracts. Um, they worried about issues of repatriation. You know, we've we've had um, reports of seafarers who haven't been able to get flats home and have been stuck in countries, um, you know, in, in transit trying to get home or worried about being then put into quarantine. Um, also concerns about their jobs and their contracts, um, whether their contracts are going to be extended or, in fact, whether their contracts are going to be renewed because they can't actually get to the places they need to get to. And all of these things really have an impact on their mental health and um, their anxiety levels. Um, and then also you, you have um, concern from their families. You know, they're not really in contact with their families as much as they'd like to be. They're worried about their families and their families are worried about them too. So we have a number of, of different ways in which we're trying to kind of help and support seafarers, not only themselves, but also their families at these difficult times. And again, mm. we have the economic impact of these things on, on seafarers and their families, which is, which is um, very, very sad too. Well, exactly. And it's, it's, it's not just the seafarers themselves. As you say, it's the wider network of, of those they work with and the families back home. And being able to uh, share information is, is critically important. We have noticed that a, a number of the ship management firms have been uh, trying to open up Wi-Fi broadband, uh, increase communications uh, you know, during this difficult time. That's a positive step forward. Do you think there's more that the industry could be doing in terms of practical things like that? Yes, absolutely. Um, um, a number of companies actually have come to us and have um, opened their lines for us and asked us to call their ships, asked our chaplains to actually call their ships at specific times. Um, so where we can talk to the whole crew, our chaplains can speak to the whole crew or to individuals who are actually looking for some support or some help. And then we can feed that back into our wider chaplains network and, and help families at home and, and various things like that. So it is really important that those communication lines are still open. The biggest thing that I am doing is answering questions on a lot of the myths around coronavirus, how it's transmitted, how it's treated. Is everyone going to die if they get it and they're over 70? So I think um, access to reliable sources of information um, about the medical elements as well as the other elements that go around the management and the crew um, help, uh, 
mental health is, is quite important because that tends to be a bulk of my day answering those sorts of questions. In terms of, uh, you know, the mental health issue and its uh, relationship with the wider safety issue, obviously, as a provider of medical advice, I mean, is there a concern from your side that we are going to see if this becomes an extended issue, uh, the the relationship between mental health issues, long term stress and fatigue, uh, essentially leading to increased uh, incidents and ultimately, I guess, casualties being a real risk further down the line? I think certainly we're going to have an increase in, in calls coming through with the concerns reference the coronavirus. And one of the big issues that we are having is people are with the coronavirus so much in the forefront of our minds, they're forgetting that there's all the other seasonal viruses that are going around. So the instant they get a tickly throat or a bit of a cough, it's the assumption then that the coronavirus is, is now on board and it's the ability to determine between all the symptoms. So we're definitely looking at um, increases in calls coming through to, to remote services centres in that respect. I think looking long term at the effects of stress on uh, your physical health, but on your mental health as well and, and safe working practices on board. Obviously, the main problem that we tend to have with linked with stress and fatigue is accidents in the workplace. So there's definitely a possibility that this might happen. Um, but we're not at the point yet where we're receiving calls about that sort of thing. Now, one of the things that we are really trying to work on with crews that come through to us is, is looking after their mental health and their well-being. So linking into what Sandra was talking about with, with you know, people really need to take well-being seriously and, and mindfulness seriously. It's looking at putting in long-term strategies to support them so it's ensuring that they do get a good, healthy diet on board, that, that fatigue doesn't play an issue because they're able to get good quality sleep, that they have the ability to communicate with their loved ones and discuss any problems and the, the link up with Seafarer Society to be able to discuss any issues either as a group or personally with a, a chaplain is, is an excellent starting point as well to help mm. them with that. So if we can start to really help them put some of these practices into place as part of their normal routines now I think that actually even beyond the coronavirus that's only going to improve the life of the seafarer on board anyway. As, as you say I mean the, the fact that we have the three of you uh, talking about this in, in a unified way this is probably the first time I have seen a, a genuinely unified response from various industry organisations this is all positive stuff uh, you know, we'll take the positives where we can in this uh, rather grim situation. But do you think there are some positives to be taken forward in terms of how the industry operates and communicates better and, and, and works with seafarers uh, a little bit uh, more effectively? I, I think there is. Yes, definitely. I think we can learn a lot of lessons. I think the, the use of technology has obviously forced us all to, to change some of our working practices. And I think that's going to, to improve the way that we communicate on board and, and help them with the, the harder times because yes the coronavirus has really sort of forced us out into the front with what are we going to do when we're put into these situations but this will happen again at some point in the future so it, what it does do is it gives us those those positive coping mechanisms and strategies that we know will help and support the seafarers and and we can only work on that and, and I think that's that is a positive that we can take away we are really starting to move quickly into what what they do actually need. I think it's really really important that um, alongside all of the um, a 
attention to mental wellbeing and the support that's available out there that that shipping companies um are also keeping lines of communication open and they're being as open as possible with their seafarers because there really needs to be a culture of trust here because i think what really is is adding to the stress is all of the uncertainty and the worries about what will happen i think that uncertainty definitely exists for ship owners themselves um, but where they can be transparent about things without raising worries unnecessarily, I think that's that's really important at this time. Um, and and also just for, to kind of uh, reinforce the importance of social interaction, if there's more that can be done by companies um, to improve, you know, the social life on board at this time, camaraderie is so important, I think. We've been on board for a number of months with exactly the same people. Um, and that's so important anyway, but I think particularly at this time, um, if there's more that can be done, and, and there usually is, I think that that's something that really would be great to pay attention to. Long working hours, isolation and extended periods away from family and friends were putting seafarers at risk of mental health issues long before the coronavirus lockdown created the current crew change crisis, exacerbating existing issues. Professor Helen Sampson, who led a recent study into mental health issues at sea, told Lloyd's List as recently as late last year that recent onset psychological disorders were increasing among serving seafarers. And yet 55% of employers polled in the study admitted that they had not introduced any policies or practices to address mental health issues for a decade. Professor Sampson joins me this week to discuss what her study can tell us about the current situation and what shipping companies can learn about how to deal better with crew mental health issues. Welcome to the podcast, Professor Helen Sampson. Um, you are the director of the Seafarers International Research Centre at Cardiff University. And... You have been studying seafarers' mental health for for some time. I I believe you released a a study late last year with some interesting conclusions, which I I, I think probably could offer some useful context in this debate of how crew are faring at the moment with extended periods aboard. Um, That's right, Richard. We we undertook a study um, that was funded by the Institution of Occupational Safety and Health, which we published last year. And... um, Uh, I think the findings indicate that the current situation um, is undoubtedly uh, likely to be causing seafarers a lot of um, distress um, on on board ships, as indeed, of course, many people are being caused distress across the world. Mm. And it's fair to say that seafarers' mental health has probably had a little bit more publicity in the last few months as a result of your study, but... I think one of the startling conclusions last year was that your study suggested 55% of employers polled had admitted that they, they didn't really have any policies to address mental health. Do you think that is now changing? And given the current circumstances, do you have any feedback that um, you know perhaps this is an issue that is now going to be taken a little more seriously by the industry? I don't really think that I, I have any strong evidence that it's changing. I mean, I think that the the reason that many employers weren't introducing new policies on on mental health and well-being um, is because they weren't seeing um, uh, an increase in problems. Um, I think that uh, a lot of the um, uh, interest in mental health and well-being in land-based communities um, was shining a spotlight on the issue, and that spotlight also um, began to be on quite rightly on, on conditions
operations um, and welfare of seafarers on board ships. But um, but the fact that there was an increased interest in the issue um, and the fact that it's a really important issue and there are significant problems um, wasn't the same, really. It isn't the same as, as saying that the issue had become more serious for companies. So their day-to-day experience of these things was pretty much, I think, the same as it had been um, for the years you know, preceding the, the sudden interest. So it wasn't just our study that, 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 um, that shone the light on this issue. I mean, as, as you know, that uh, P&I clubs and um, various um, industry charity related, various charities related to industries and so on, um, to the industry and so on, um, uh, actually had raised this as an issue and a concern. It's just that our study um, added some really, really valuable evidence, I think, and sort of went through um, the the information that was out there and sifted um, sifted out the the wheat from the chaff in terms of actually identifying what are the issues, what do we really um, have evidence for, and what is speculation and so on. And then we added to that our, our actual survey with with seafarers and our interviews with employers and stakeholders and the the survey with employers and. From that, we were able to identify things that um, that were causing seafarers to be unhappy on board ships, and things that were um, causing them to be happy on board ships, um, mm. and and things that required attention really. Um, so, in the context of this particular issue that's going on at the moment, I'm sad to say that the thing that came out highest as the thing that made seafarers happy on board ship was actually leaving the ship to go home. Um, and followed by going ashore with colleagues for shore leave. And, of course, those two things are the very things that, at the moment, um, they they are unable to do. Mm, well, exactly. And, I mean, the report also identified, uh, I guess, what, what could be assumed as, uh, you know, fairly obvious, but, as you say, the study really pinpointed the subject and long working hours, isolation, extended periods away from friends and family, you know, these were all identified as issues putting uh, seafarers at risk of uh, mental health issues. But the study also offered some recommendations, I believe. And perhaps, you know, that is that much more pertinent now under the circumstances that we're facing today. I, I think it is. And I think that the companies um, that already took um, uh, a, a quite a holistic view of um, health and well-being on board for seafarers um, will find that they are much more resilient um, in relation to this crisis than companies which have neglected those issues, um, and and so they will, um, you know, be well rewarded. I think for for the care that they've taken um, in the past over these these things. So, um, I mean, we found that you know seafarers um, uh, benefited considerably from. Um, the kinds of recreational um, and social activities that allowed them to actually interact with with other seafarers and with other people. Um, so where um, companies have taken care to make sure that they don't take away um, all the facilities that, that sort of um, allow seafarers to do that and all the opportunities for that. So if they don't take away, for example, the um, permission for seafarers to have barbecue parties um, where they haven't taken away, and I know this is a contentious issue, but nevertheless, um, where they haven't taken away um, alcohol, um, where they haven't reduced the accommodation space so much that seafarers find it very difficult 
to get together as as groups and do things like play games or um, play table tennis um, where they haven't taken away swimming pools, which are hugely important in terms of getting seafarers to to um, uh, be in another place, if you like, to momentarily forget that they are at sea and just enjoy um, having some fun and, and physical activity in a pool. Um, these things, I think, are all very beneficial to seafarers and were identified in the study as such. And I think where companies have a range of those things in place, they will find their seafarers are much a- better able to cope with this current situation. Um, uh, I think the Internet is also tremendously important. And at times like this, of course, I know that there will be people out there saying, oh, yes, but, you know, misinformation via social media and all these sorts of things that affect us ashore will also impact on seafarers. And I think that's quite that's quite right. But nevertheless, I think not having access to proper information um, and proper contact with your family via the Internet at this time would be far more damaging than the, any sort of damage that can be done by social media, you know, misinformation campaigns and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think all of that is, is uh, it, you know, where companies have got that in place, it, it, it will be ben- very beneficial. And I do know that some companies have taken steps in the course of this crisis to do things such as improve internet speeds um, for seafarers so they've got more capacity to um, to make uh, face-to-face calls home, for example, um, and, and improve food budgets because... Um, food is obviously something that is quite important on board ships. Um, but it, it's, it's limited what companies can do after the fact, in a way, um, and, and certainly those who've already made taken steps to ensure that their seafarers are relatively well looked after on board in terms of their mental health and well-being will obviously benefit at this time in terms of the operational um, capacity of, of the staff on board the ships. Wonderful. Professor Helen Sampson, Director of the Seafarers International Research Centre, thank you very much for joining the Lloyd's List podcast.